Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It is Pastor Paul on a cool, crisp Wednesday morning, October 19th. Of course, I'm where you can't see it because of my microphone, but there we are. My University of Tennessee proud hoodie. Been just waiting for the moment to break this out. Number one, because it reminds me of the weather of the, of the hills of East Tennessee. But of course, most importantly, we're still reveling in the victory of the Vols over um, the evil empire. Alabama Crimson Tide and Nick Satan, and we're going to enjoy it as long as we can. It's a ride. We know that the ride ends at some time. That's the nature of college football. She's like the unfaithful girlfriend that draws you back in every single time, only to break your heart. But we're going to enjoy it um, while, while the season is here. But most importantly, we are here in Romans chapter 13. Welcome to Romans Rewind. And so this week, we are attempting on a more practical, granular level to figure out what does it mean to honor the government, but most importantly, to honor Christ in our decisions as it relates to the way our faith and the government, the political realm intersect. And what I've done this week is invited you to submit questions, um, things that you might have would like further clarification upon. And, and some of you guys have done that. And we're going to address one of those questions this morning. And it flows very well out of yesterday's discussion about the conscience. And we talked a lot about the conscience and the way that we want to think about the conscience, what the conscience is, what it isn't, how it's bound, how it's governed. And so I'm going to assume all of that discussion. And if you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to the, the previous episodes and But I think Paul makes a great summary statement about the conscience, actually in Romans 14, interestingly enough. It's amazing how God works these things out. This is going to be part of our text this coming week. And so I want, let me read it, and then I want to uh, apply it to this issue of conscience that this person um, has asked a question about. So look at Romans 14, 2. Paul says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. And what Paul is pointing to here is that at the end of the day, knowing that believers are called to honor Christ, to submit their wills and conscience to God and to his word, at the end of the day, believers have to make choices about how to live their life. And ultimately, the ultimate judge, it doesn't mean that we don't make human judgments. Okay, that's, all, that's, that's part of being discerning, right? So when Paul says don't make a judgment, um, don't judge. He, he's, he's, he's talking about a, a spirit of condemnation. But ultimately, the, the arbiter of all that is true and all that we're doing is, of course, the Lord himself. And so knowing that, how does this relate to issues that um, aren't directly addressed in Scripture? And so here, here's a great question from someone and, and she asked, to what degree should Christians be actively engaged in promoting a politician? 
Secondly, should I be making a public stand on every social issue? Now, this is this is a great question because let's be honest, there is not super clear uh, directives um, in the scriptures about this. There's very clear directives about paying taxes, but it doesn't tell us in a democracy, in a democratic republic. When we have choices to make and votes to cast and the freedom of expression, how does how does how do we keep Christ central? How do we um, how do we honor Him in these sorts of things? And so, let me say a couple of things right off the top that I think will help um, inform our decision making. Okay, and, and I'm going to say first of all that. This is a matter of indifference, not that it's unimportant, but it's not a matter at the heart of the Christian faith. And because of that, people are going to come to different conclusions. But I do think there are some biblical principles that can really help guide this, okay? And, and, and the first one is, is simply this, okay? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. I am I did not come to overthrow Caesar. I came to establish a spiritual kingdom. Now, there is going to be one day when Jesus reigns. There will be no rival. <laughs> there, will be, there will be no um, vice regent. There's not going to be anybody who is trying to usurp Jesus's power. He's going to be king of kings and Lord. He is that, but he's going to be most fully manifested in that way when he returns again. But between now and then, we live, we're a citizen of two kingdoms, right? The, citizen, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. And the question is, how, what are the parameter here, parameters here for actively engaging politically, particularly when it comes to some more supporting, and here she says, not just supporting a candidate like voting, but like very publicly coming out for a specific candidate. And so number one, Let's remember the kingdom is not of this world. Jesus's kingdom doesn't mean we shouldn't be engaged in the kingdom here. It just simply means that let's not be naive. Let's not overestimate the importance of politics. That if politics could solve our answers, then then we wouldn't need Jesus, right? So so let's keep that number one. Number two, Paul says something very interesting in 1 Corinthians when he's talking about uh, the freedoms a Christian has. He says, everything is permissible, okay, but not everything is beneficial. In other words, there is a great freedom in our choices we make as believers. Well, at the same time, just because it's permissible, in other words, it's not sin, doesn't always make it the wisest thing, doesn't always make it the most mature thing to do. And I would say that depending upon um, the nature of this support, this this could be this 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 could go either way in in this sense. Okay, I think that this person's particular concern is that she is involved in a workplace context environment where she is surrounded by non-believers, and that she is trying to have a witness to them in the gospel of Jesus Christ. They also happen to be people who were of a different political persuasion of her. And her concern here is that she would not alienate anyone by virtue of 
coming out very publicly for a specific candidate. And the reason I think she's on to the right, this is the right question to be asking, it's not a matter of is it permissible or is it allowable or is she allowed to vote for this person or support this person? That, that's not the question. The question is, should I, in a very public way, identify myself with this specific candidate knowing that it may very well alienate politically people I'm trying to witness to? And I think this is a huge litmus test when we talk about what does it mean to be gospel-centered. Ultimately, what's the greatest priority is that people would come to saving faith, that people would come to know Christ, that the gospel would shine forth, and that for her, this is not really a political issue. It's a gospel issue. And because of that, this has led her to a place of saying, no, I'm not going to publicly identify with a specific candidate or get actively get involved in their campaign, not because I think it's wrong or because it's sin, but wisdom says in the context I'm in, that wouldn't be the most beneficial thing for salvation, okay? And I think that is, the, I, I would wholeheartedly agree with that approach. Now, her follow-up question, um, I think, really taps into the fear that's associated with this. Does this mean I'm being a coward? Does this mean I'm not taking a stand? And again, I think it's important to separate um, political figures, um, even the political process at times, and what we would call biblical issues, spiritual issues. So there's a whole host of issues that the Bible, I believe, is very clear about. The sanctity of life, for, for being one, the, the oppression of the poor, for the, the upholding of good for the flourishing of society and neighborly love. Um, th th these are all things that the scripture speaks over and over and over about. And so I don't think not taking a position for a public candidate means we don't take positions for other social issues. Racism is another example, right? The, the scriptures are crystal clear on these things. Now, I think there is a way to do that that is certainly winsome and engaging. But at the end of the day, we have to be ready to speak to issues that we see the Bible being very clear about. Now, that's the principle. There's a strategy, though, okay? Um, so what if this person goes and slaps stickers on her workspace that promotes every particular social cause, knowing that it might also alienate the people she's trying to, to reach. That's, that's a trickier issue. Again, I would say is the, ultimate, is the ultimate concern we have for the gospel and for Jesus, or is it for a particular social issue? The social issues are very important, but remember, they're downstream of faith in Christ. And so there is, I think, a way that we could prioritize social issues that Christ is obscured. Christ is not clearly seen. The gospel is, is dimmed and that what people perceive is our concern for that issue versus our, our concern for people's hearts. And again, this is a matter of wisdom. It doesn't mean that she shouldn't speak to things when asked or that 
she shouldn't be engaging with other people or use those social issues as a platform and an entryway into the gospel. But I would say that, remember from our sermon a couple weeks ago, we, we, we want to be humble Christians, right? We don't want to be um, people who walk with a sort of cultural swagger or arrogance, knowing that we too are sinners saved by grace, and that non-Christians are going to behave, guess what, like non-Christians. And so our ultimate goal should be engagement around the gospel and engagement around Jesus. The issues downstream, whether it's racism or abortion or equality, those, all those things, those, those flow out of the gospel. And so I do think for the Christian, there must be a priority towards that gospel witness, okay? Does it mean that you don't speak to social causes? We do. Does it mean that we don't at, you know, exercise our rights as citizens to vote or support a particular candidate? We do. But how we do that, okay, and whether it's motivated out of faith or out of fear makes all the difference. And so what I hear from this question is a desire to be faithful, a desire to uphold the glory of God and the gospel, and she's attempting to navigate that in a way that keeps Jesus um, at the center. Okay, that was today's lesson. We'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. Again, keep submitting those questions, paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. So glad you've joined us, and go balls. and let me pray. Lord, we want to be faithful. We don't want to put all of our eggs in the basket of an earthly kingdom. We don't want to make our issues or our winning or whatever the central thing. We want to make Jesus, you, the central thing. So give us wisdom to know how to walk this out while at the same time being faithful, courageous, and speaking prophetically to the issues of our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.